This podcast is powered by The Plug. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast, too, with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. It's your boy Q Lewis, and I got my man Bo, of course. I say, man, what's going on, dog? Welcome to another episode of Beards, Bourbons, and Whiskeys, man. Uh, today we're a little excited, all right. So we moved past Jack Daniels, all right. So we're past Jack Daniels, we're past the uh, regular whiskey, and we're moving on to a bourbon. So today, uh, our uh, the star of the show today is Four Roses, all right. Uh, so make sure you check that out. It's uh, Four Roses here, and uh, there's a unique story uh, behind Four Roses, which we actually just learned today by reading the back of the label. Uh, so I'm a little excited about that. We'll read that to y'all in a second. Uh, don't forget, though, if you are checking us out right now, to make sure that you do uh, follow us on Facebook and on the, what's the Instagram? Yeah, we're on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Beards, Bourbon, and Whiskey. All right, so make sure you just uh, plug that in and you can pull up our IG and the Facebook page. Uh, we would appreciate a like and subscribe to the uh, YouTube channel because uh, we're going to have some fun. So if you missed the last episode, then uh, we are just two dudes with beards. Who talk about bourbon and whiskey, man, and sometimes life. All right, so we're going to put all of that together. And that, that noise in my ears is really annoying me right now. <laughs> uh, y'all can't hear it, but it's okay. So I'm going to get that edited out. But, uh, yeah, so Four Roses, man, that's what we're talking about today. Uh, Bo, uh, this was your decision on Four Roses. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, why you chose this. Yeah, Four Roses, man, uh, for, for one thing, it, it's not too expensive. It's about 20, 21 bucks a bottle. Okay. You know what I mean? So it's definitely affordable. But like, uh, let's say if you really, you know, you get ready to go out for that night, you want a couple cocktails or something like that, Four Roses is definitely an option you can use it to, to those folks to like to have a mixed drinks. Okay. So put a little cold, cool ice, a little, you yeah. know, lemonade, whatever you want, your bourbon. Okay. And then, uh, you know, take a couple sips and, and, and and I say it's good because you can still taste the bourbon and it doesn't overpower whatever you put in the drink, right? Exactly. Okay. So, I mean, so it's not real harsh. No, not real harsh at all. Okay. So I think it's, it's a real good bourbon for folks who kind of want to get into that bourbon game, just kind of experience what it's like to have, you know, some, something neat, something straight, and, you know, right. and something mixed with a cocktail. So. For sure. All right, so, so basically this is like a, a beginner's bourbon. Would I would say, say so. Yeah, okay. it, you know, I don't want to put it out there like Four Roses is. You know, yeah. everybody got to start right here. But, like, you know, yeah. if you were looking for something nice and easy to kind of get to the bourbon game, it's a good bottle right. for you. For sure. Okay, so make sure you check out Four Roses. Uh, they actually do have a website as well. You can Google that. Pull up the website. The website is pretty uh, pretty dope, too. Yeah, actually. yeah, it's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of money into that. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously so. It's yeah. like a little movie or something. Yeah. Shit for real. Uh, so shout out to uh, Four Roses, though. But uh, earlier today, um, I actually, uh, I'll go ahead and tell you the truth, we uh, cheated a little bit. Had some single barrel uh, Four Roses. Uh, which is uh, very delightful. So uh, we may talk about that later on in the season. Uh, but today we're talking about just the uh, the you said you call this yellow, yellow label, label, right? Yep. 
So yellow label four roses. Something interesting though. So before we got on camera, Bo was reading the back of the uh, the packaging. So we actually found out why it's called four <laughs> roses. Uh, so I'm just gonna read what it says here. Dope little story. Yeah. So uh, on the back of the bottle it says uh, Paul Jones Jr., the founder of Four Roses Bourbon, became smitten. All right, smitten. smitten. Uh, in case you don't know what smitten is, because that's the old school word. It just mean uh, he got sprung <laughs> uh, by a beautiful Southern belle. He sent a proposal to her, and she replied that if her answer were yes, she would wear a corsage of roses on her gown to the upcoming grand ball. When she showed up uh, the night of the ball in her beautiful gown, she wore a corsage of four red roses. Oh, Right, Oh, So he later named his bourbon Four Roses as a symbol of his devout passion. For the love of Bill. That's a strong right, so, story. <laughs> that's a strong, strong story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, needless to say that uh, yeah, he was pretty much sprung over this Southern Bell. And that's how the, the name Four Roses came about. Pretty interesting story. I yeah, guess, it is. Right? It is. Um, but you know what? Alcohol and women often go together. Oh, man. Often sometimes good, sometimes bad. <laughs> you know? Sometimes good. Sometimes Hopefully more times good for y'all. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's true. All right, so let's just get down to it, man. I'm about to... Uh, we gotta hit our ritual, you know. Oh my gosh, gotta, yes, there we go. gotta hit that. Like we told y'all last episode, this is a, a urban, uh, probably an urban myth, because uh, I don't think it actually works. But uh, <laughs> supposedly, if you smack the bottom of the bottle uh, before you drink, then no one will get sick or throw up. And I have to say that we've done that before, and people have still gotten sick and thrown up, so it possibly doesn't work. But we still do it anyway. You know what I'm saying? Kind of crazy like that. Right. But um, yeah, I just wanted to see what it smells like here in comparison. What that nose is like. Yeah. It's a, it, it doesn't smell as sweet as the single mm -hmm. roll. Uh, so I mean, a single, single barrel. Yeah. single barrel, yeah. yeah. So it doesn't smell as sweet. But there is a there is a hint of sweetness, though. Because that, that is yeah, like that. It's almost like a fruity smell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Let's, let's take a look here. So it's still it's still got some sweetness, but not mm -hmm. like yeah, not like the, the normal sweetness. So I think I see what you what you meant now is like it would go good with a mixer. This is one of the few that I think has a kind of a, a taste to it. So if you mix it with something, I don't think it'll be too bad. No, nah, it'll uh, be too overpowered. Yeah, it won't be too overpowering. But by itself, it's actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. though. Yeah, I, and I actually thought I wanted to put some ice in it at first, <laughs> but I think that uh, putting ice in it probably would kind of deaden it a little bit because it's not really it's not really strong no no it's it's, it's the the yellow label is not as strong as yeah. like yeah single barrel you know or some of the other uh, releases they have sure right now uh now we mentioned that we mentioned uh, the word single barrel already so let's uh give a little background knowledge on that so single barrel uh from our discussion earlier pretty much just means that uh this was aged and taken from one barrel so it's not a mixture of, of, of a lot in there, right? Right, because Four Roses, and, and, I, and I don't know the all the uh, specifics into it, so okay. you know, there may be more or less, whatever. But um, they have like 10 different recipes or whatnot, you know, from 10 different barrels or whatever that they kind of make, you know, the yellow label and whatnot out of. So, yeah, it, it's, it doesn't have that strong or as potent, you know, right. of a taste or, you know, gotcha. uh, aroma as a single barrel does. So. Gotcha. And then obviously it's more technical than that, but I think that's pretty much my high level, you know, what the, the big difference between a single barrel and like a yellow label or something like that. So. And for anybody breaking into the uh, the whole bourbon and whiskey thing, then another another main uh, thing that's different is uh, the price. The price, right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. the price is definitely a little bit yeah. more expensive. Yeah, like I uh, said, this, single barrel. Yeah, this is going to run you, like I said, about 21 bucks, 20 yeah. bucks. 
single run, single or uh, single barrel going to start at about forty, maybe forty two dollars, something right. like that. So. so still not bad. Like yeah. it's not breaking the bank, no. but obviously it's a is is more than than the, the normal. Most of uh, But I, I still think this is a good one and. Just from the conversation that we had previously about uh, about Jack Daniels, again, no no diss on Jack Daniels, but uh, you can definitely tell the difference between the, the grades of liquor. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when we're talking about bourbons and whiskeys, I know that uh, a lot of people might read the title of our podcast and think that it's redundant, but I just have to remind people that although all bourbons are whiskeys, not all whiskeys are bourbons. So that's uh, that's how we came up with that concept. Yeah, we might um, throw some scotch up here for you, then you know next time. Definitely gonna throw some scotch in there. Definitely a whiskey, but yeah. definitely not a bourbon. Right, right. exactly. So it's, it's all different. Uh, something to get us away from cognac and get us into uh, a, a different arena of uh, uh, the taste palette, mm. if, if I might say. So if we might make it to the bourbon society, I gotta use words like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, now, when it comes to bourbon and whiskey, though, which do you actually prefer? Like, is there a preference? Would you rather have bourbon as opposed to just regular whiskey? Yeah, personally, yeah, I'd rather have bourbon. You know, yeah. any day of the week. Yeah, you uh-huh. know, uh, unless, like I said, you know, like, like you know, we out getting it in, like we talked about last week. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm probably gonna go to Jack Daniels route or something like yeah, that, yeah. maybe, or you know, Crown Royal or whatever. But uh, shout out to Crown like bourbon. Yeah, shout out to Crown Royal. You yeah. know, but bourbon, you know, just. I'm on some chill, you know, at the cigar bar yeah. or at the crib or something like that, you know, yeah. For sure. Now, that's a that's a whole other aspect right there. The oh, cigar yeah, cigar bar. bar. Most yeah. definitely, yeah. That's yeah. a whole other aspect, and we probably won't touch much into that <laughs> <laughs> because I know the cigar people might come might come for us. But uh, even though the Bourbon Society already going to come for us because uh, we're not using all the technical terms probably. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, though, because we're trying to make that connection between us regular folks like, like ourselves and, and bourbon schnapps, and yes, I'm not just saying that. That's yeah, an actual yeah. term. And you know, and, and that's not a hit against the Black Bourbon Society, man. It's, oh, no, it's not a, at all. You know, some good folks and good information out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, we want to get to that yeah, level. Yeah, yeah, definitely want to get to that <laughs> level. But and, and that's just how intimidating it could be sometimes. Like, <clears throat> yeah. I'm not an expert at all, but you know, I know a little bit about bourbon. And you know, looking at you know the uh, Black Bourbon Society and whatnot, yeah. I'm reading some of the reviews. And I'm like, what are these dudes talking about? Like, and they and really I, know that shit. Right. Yeah, they they break it down. You know what I mean? So for like. To bridge that gap, you know, and I wish there was something like, okay, I just got into this, but, like, I definitely ain't at that level yet. Right. I mean, you got some who are able to, like, really just how we did, like, I smell the sweetness in it, but they can actually smell where it's coming from. Fruity accent. Exactly. And then they look at it, they smell this, and then they look at the ingredients, like, yeah. oh, I was right. Like, man, I can't, I'm not there yet. No, not yet. I'm not, 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 not either. Now, I can tell you that something smells sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't tell you where it was derived from, mm-hmm. uh, but I can de- definitely tell you when it's uh, something sweeter. And this is definitely one um, that is sweeter. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's what, what makes me like it. Now, all bourbons aren't going to have that, that kind of sweet taste to it. So you got to kind of figure out right. uh, which works for you. I think that the a, a little bit of sweetness is good for me. I definitely don't want anything too sweet, though. Right. Anything that's kind of overpowering with that. Now, when it, when it comes to things like that, um, just from your opinion, uh, the sweetness in a bourbon or sweetness in any whiskey, um, how do you how do you like that? Like, do you like that? Like, is, is that a thing or is it... A such thing as being too sweet for like for a bourbon. So I don't like it to be too sweet up front, right? Yeah. So right as I'm taking it, but like mm-hmm. the uh, uh, but after, you yeah. know, I, I like to have that you know that sweetness kind of settle in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and I don't like it too sweet up front just because I don't want it to just be kind of be shot. You know, I just want it to be kind of smooth <laughs> with that caramel <laughs> right. taste. You know, yeah, gotcha. okay. maybe almost that smoky type taste. You know. Yeah. But uh, and then kind of the after notes, you know, kind of kind of be kind of fruity. So the after notes. The after oh, notes. see, see, see picking up some stuff right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's actually what it, what yeah, it is yeah. called. Yeah. 
But uh, so now when it when it comes to bourbons, obviously we differentiate the two between the single barrel and the others, and the, the kind of sweetness of the essence. Now past that though, when did you first get hip? Because I know we were talking about Jack Daniels. Mm -hmm. So when did you first get hip to like bourbon, like, and, and even knowing that it was a difference? Because like you know how you drink some stuff and like somebody would have told you it was whiskey, you just figure it's whiskey and right. never would have known that bourbon was different than like regular whiskey. Right. So like when was your first experience with a bourbon? Hey, so my military mentor, you know, and shout out to having a mentor, that shit, you know, makes a difference in life. But, uh, for real. Mentors. Yeah. Mentors rock. <laughs> yeah. But uh, going back to my military mentor, man, you know, black gentleman, whatnot. Uh, so we had these things, these these balls, whatever, from time to time. You had to put on your dress uniform and all that good stuff. You know, and there, there's a, you know, a process for everything. This is how you do this. This is how you use a silverware, your right. fork, and all that good stuff. Oh, you, you know? learned all that stuff? Oh, yeah, learned all that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, kind of the, the, the pre up to that, you know, uh, I was an officer, right? So they kind of made that whole distinction, you know, we're enlisted or, you know, we're commissioned all that. Good. Anyway, so hanging out with, you know, some of the the more senior officers. Right. And, you know, kind of seeing how they, they interact each other and what they're drinking and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And uh, my mentor kind of pulling me aside. The, for, the first one I went to, you know, I had a bottle of Martell, I think, right? Oh, man. You know what I mean? He kind of pulls me aside. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> right. come here. I'll you came you. With, the, uh, with the inner city <laughs> yeah. <drink. laughs> yeah. He's like, let me tell you a little bit about bourbon and stuff. He's like, you know, it's cool if you want to drink that. That's cool. Right, but cool. if you want to get into, you know, kind of those circles and make those connections and, and network a little bit, you need to, you know, start learning a little bit about bourbon. So he kind of right. put me on to it. Yeah. And then, uh. I like it. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and it, you know? it kind of sounds like the same situation with the Jack Daniels. You got to a situation where it, it's like it really is a networking yeah. tool, though. I mean, they, when you, you you don't even think about stuff like that originally. Like when you when you're drinking originally, when you first started drinking, it's probably uh, just to get drunk. But then when, once you realize, like to get in certain circles, um, even though we may not, even though you may not be familiar with those things. In order to jump into some of those circles, you do have to familiarize yourself with, with those things. Mm -hmm. So, um, like you said, you pulled up with the with the Martell, Martell man. That's the throwback. And I people, call you that. <laughs> <laughs> but you got yeah, you got to be able to yeah. be open to, to new things and, and bourbons and whiskeys and scotches, things like that. Um, I, I hate to say it, but the, the reality of it is, is that the, the top percentage of people, uh, the, the the upper echelon of business uh, executives and stuff. Is it's a white world. Like I, I'm sorry. Like if you didn't know that, then I'm I'm, I'm getting you hip to it. Um, we're working our way into it, but at the same time, it's an old boys club. Yeah, sometimes you gotta you gotta get in and figure out their inner workings. To infiltrate. Yeah, to, in order to infiltrate, dog, for real. And I, it's, it's like it's no. And I, I'm not saying infiltrate in like a demeaning way. I'm saying like we gotta work our way in. And sometimes in order to work your way in, you gotta. Hey, when, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. Though. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? That's all I'm saying. So, um, this is, I think that, just like when you were talking about uh, Jack Daniels yesterday, I think originally most most black people I know, um, I don't know if this is uh, lumping everybody together, but most black people I know got into whiskeys and bourbon because of that. Like, I don't know nobody who, like, started off just drinking bourbon, like, for no reason. So, uh, you know, my uncle was talking about, you know, cats that kind of hop in to, to bourbon right away. Mm -hmm. and he thinks it's kind of geographically because in the South, you know, they, they, they already kind of come from, well, not everyone, obviously, but they already had kind of had that knowledge and know-how how to distill and, right. and make, quote-unquote, you know, illegal alcohol and liquor and whatnot. Right. So, moonshine. you know, yeah, moonshine yeah. or whatever else, you know. So, uh, you know, inadvertently, I'm sure they, they created something, you know, bourbon or something similar to bourbon, right. and that's what they drank. Yeah, for you sure. Know, yeah, but 
like for, you know folks up here don't know nothing about that than yeah like black folks but yeah it's what I think I got started with what like, NJ and Hennessy I think you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right so. I started with yeah. Paul Masson Paul Masson okay yeah, fucking Paul Masson yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and that's what I figured. Like, I, I get what you're saying though, geographically. Yeah, if you down there, bunch of moonshiners, you probably drunk bourbon by accident. Mm -hmm. and all kind of whiskeys, right? All kind of, yeah, yeah all yeah. kind of whiskeys because that's what they was making and shit. So I can understand that how right. that could be, you know, geographical. For us though, like up north and in other places, um, I I think unless you got turned on to something like by, um, you know, a, a higher up a mentor mm -hmm. in your case. Or uh, like maybe somebody at work or something. I don't really see nobody up north like getting turned on a bourbon like off rip. No. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like not really off rip. Now you say you learned or you learned about it uh, while being uh, in the uh, in the army, um, and I think that's that's one thing. Obviously, it gets you into that position where you with uh, other uh, other officers and, and higher ups and shit. And they they kind of in a in a different they in a whole different zone and shit. Like for me, I wasn't in in no like corporate setting or or like a military setting like that. Um, so I think how how I originally well, first of all, one thing happened by accident. <laughs> like when I was a uh, when I was in college, I had uh, some Jim Beam, mm. and uh, that was bourbon, right? So I, I had Jim Beam um, purely accidentally. I don't even know somebody else had it, and I, I had some of it. I didn't like the shit, man. So I honestly didn't get to like bourbons and stuff until uh, shout out to Angry Principal uh, who also put me up on cigars and everything else. Um, I started drinking bourbon with him, and I believe the first the first bourbon I had uh, was Knob Creek. Knob Creek. The first, okay. yeah, was the first bourbon I had. He turned me on to that, and uh, the, the reason I liked it originally is because it had the. Uh, let me see. Oh no, I'm thinking of something. I'm thinking of Maker's Mark. Okay. Yeah, I think I had Maker's Mark yeah. first because it had the. Uh, where they, you know, the red wax. milk the yeah, shit yeah. and the wax on it. And that's how I remember that shit. So that was my very first bourbon. And um, that, shit, that shit was good. So, like, when I had it then, again, I was like, I was in my 30s. Like, mm -hmm. this was late in the game by the time I figured it out. But um, from that point, I did like the taste. And, and again, I mentioned this uh, on the previous show, but uh, it was just something about being able to survive the day after when you're drinking <laughs> bourbon. Like, when you're drinking a lot of, a lot of, uh, like a lot of the uh, cognacs and uh, what's the other shit? Brandies. Brandy. Yeah, yeah, a lot of cognacs and brandies, man. They they leave a lot to be desired the next day. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like it's, it, it made life difficult a little bit. It, yeah. it made life a little difficult get around a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. So so with the bourbon and the whiskey, man, it was, it was so much different. And, and again, we we probably uh, do a show on Maker's Mark, uh, but that was my that was my very first one. But uh, like I said, the the mistake though came in college where I was drinking somebody else's drink and uh, and. I, I hated that shit. I didn't like it. And maybe because Jim Bean just not good. Jim Bean probably not the best choice. You know, yeah, I mean, <laughs> right. I'm not a fan really of Jim Bean. I'm not a fan of Jim Bean. Jack, I mean, y'all drink Jack and all that stuff, but yeah. yeah, I'm not really a fan of all those. But right. It is. And, and, and I think the other thing, too, which is kind of culturally, you know, what we saw at that time, right? You know, hey, you know growing up around that time, you know, you see like you see Hennessy, you see the Cristal and stuff right. like that. You know, that's what we saw. So we thought that's like, okay, that's what we should be drinking and whatnot. Which you know? is which is funny though, uh, just for our, from our culture, it's funny because we drink uh, cognacs and shit like that mm -hmm. because it's more expensive. And honestly, some of the bourbons and some of the whiskeys are less expensive, mm -hmm. but they cater to a higher level of crowd. That's weird though, right? And it could be because our dumbasses was buying that shit at sixty dollars a bottle too. <laughs> right? Oh, they gonna buy it for sixty? Okay, okay. Exactly. Ain't that that's something crazy about uh, our black culture 
as a whole, man, we we put a lot of we put a lot of inferences on how much something costs. When at the same time, the cost of that thing might not match the quality of that thing. Mm-hmm. Like, cause it's crazy that I can drink uh, something <laughs> like uh, like even Four Roses to to be exact, um, which may be like a beginner's bourbon. But if you can spend twenty one, twenty two, less than twenty five dollars on a fifth of bourbon, on a fifth of bourbon that will get you into the room with people that you wouldn't normally mm-hmm. communicate with. But on reverse of that, you would spend forty five dollars on a on a bottle of Hennessy that's gonna get you in a room full of you, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> full, yeah. full of people that's not gonna elevate, right? You know what I'm saying? Uh, what you try to do in life? So it's funny that um, we like in, in our black culture, we kind of put we put so much emphasis on the 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 cost of things, and it don't never it don't never really match. The, the quality of it that's that's something yeah right? yeah I think we starting to break away from that though I hope so and, you know because so. as you see like organizations like the Black Bourbon Society right yeah. it's like okay you know maybe you know hey we like this too you yeah. know but we kind of want to put our own spin on things you know exactly. what I mean? so Which is what we're doing right 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 so I, th- I think we kind of hopefully we we backing away from that a bit starting to do some more of our own stuff yeah so you start seeing more shows like ours you know what I'm saying and uh, you, you you can. I think it's important for a show like ours only because I think for us, especially uh, black men coming from the inner city, we have to see people who look like us and do mm-hmm. the things that we do doing other things. Because otherwise, it's like it seems unattainable. Right. So, like, you see me. Like, you I'm, like to see yourself. Yeah, you like to see yourself. Yeah, it's like that simple and plain. Yeah. Uh, simple and plain. And that's, that's kind of like, uh, like how it was with college, right? So right. we, we go kind of segue into that. Uh, that's kind of how it was with college though. Like for me, uh, it wasn't a lot of it wasn't a lot of black men in my neighborhood who went away to college. Like uh by the time I went, I think it was maybe uh I think it was maybe two two uh black friends of mine that were actually in college and then my sister ended up going. And so you're talking about out of a generation of people, you're talking about three people who went to school. So it was never an idea for real because i never seen people that look like me doing it. And, and this is kind of the same thing. Now, uh, just to go a little bit deeper into that, because, of course, we're not only talking about beards, bourbons, and whiskeys, but mm-hmm. we're talking about life, too. And I think that um, going back to that, not seeing like people that look like you going to school, um, now there's, a, there's an abundance of people going to school, <clears throat> black, white, and, and other, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So everybody's going to school. But I got to ask you this, though. I mean, just from... A standpoint, and again, I, I ha- always have to preface this by saying, uh, yes, I do have a college degree. All right, I did go through the whole uh, institutionalized education, and uh, came out on the other end with a, a piece of paper. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I, I, I will ask you this though: How important do you think um, higher education really is for the black community? Like uh, the institution, higher education. It, it, it's all, I always think I'm being hypocritical when I say this, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know, like you said, you had to preface it with like, you have a bachelor's degree. You know, yeah. you know, I have a bachelor's degree as well. You know, and, and two master's degrees on top of right. that. So, the, most people would look at you know if they was to see my resume, like, okay, education is pretty important to this dude, mm-hmm. and education is. Now, the right. way you go about and gives the education, I think I've kind of kind of uh, changed my, my my outlook on so to speak, <laughs> right? Right. You know, um, the whole institute, the 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 the, the idea, I guess, ideology of going to school. I'm going to pay you, you know, X amount of dollars a year for tuition and all that stuff. Like, right. And what do I get back from it? I get it back, of, you know, a piece of paper That's that right. says, hey, I did all this stuff over the last four years. Right? right. But then we also see 
and, and this ain't just black folks. This is really everybody. Yeah, but, you know, everybody. but it really affects us. You know, it affects us because we come from where, like you said, we're the first generation. So you know, we kind of going through those, you know, trials and, and whatever, you know, yeah, tribulations sure. and you know, lessons learned and whatnot. But uh, you get X amount of dollars in debt. You come out. You get a job that maybe. doesn't maybe yeah maybe, maybe you get a job you know and, and most likely your first job not even anywhere in your field it's nowhere in there and you know nowhere making any type of money where you can like pay these loans and all this stuff back right and then you know sustain you know, the, the life you what you want to have right you know um so um if you want to go to college that's cool i'm not denying <laughs> I, i'm not, I'm not you know <laughs> right. like saying hey that's a bad idea just have a plan to pay for it you know yeah. um can't and, and, and really think about those trade schools and secondary, you know, ways of getting education, you know, uh, think about going to community college, you know, and, and, and working, you know, full-time or part-time or whatnot. Yeah, but uh, just don't, I, I just hate to see, you know, uh, uh, because we went through it, you know, young people go through college and, and put themselves in all of that debt. Yeah. And there's very little return on your, your investment up front, right. ROI. ROI, right? I know yeah. your numbers got it, <laughs> for sure. And, and I, I agree with that. And like I said, coming from that same thing, um, and that's why I, I know a few people who went back to school, uh, you included, uh, for sure, uh, for your master's degree and everything. I can't even, I can't even get myself to do that. <laughs> now I know, I know you, uh, you may have had some assistance from the military, mm -hmm. which may have made that 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 uh, like, oh, yeah. yeah, you made that a little easier. Yeah. But I, I, I'm not even sure. Like, it, yeah, if I could go for free, yeah, probably mm -hmm. so. But I think the the main thing you said is something that I gotta, I gotta echo that same sentiment is that. If you don't have a way to to pay it off, or if you don't have a plan in place to pay it off, then maybe maybe not so much. It shouldn't be an option. And I'm not saying that you, you shouldn't learn. Cause I, I see that I think this is the discrepancy here. When I I feel like you need to learn like every day. You need to learn something mm -hmm. every day. I don't necessarily think that it has to come from an institutional education, though. right? Uh, especially with all the information that's available to you at this point. I mean, you are able to you you are able to be self taught. I mean, you got to think about things like uh, I think uh, I did an interview a few months ago, um, and the young man who actually owns uh, the uh, Detroit School for uh, Technology uh, downtown, he was saying how uh, he remember reading up on Benjamin, Benjamin Banneker, right? So Benjamin Banneker is like the architect of like everything in D.C. or whatever, and he was saying how. When you read the description, everything that he knows is self-taught. Mm -hmm. And he said that we get to a point now where we feel like being self-taught is like it's, it's like frowned upon. Mm -hmm. It's like if you taught yourself how to do it, it's like it's not as good as. And, and you know, but so much stuff happened from people who taught themselves. Right, right. Like, so, but, but I think yeah. you know a lot of that pressure though comes from the capitalistic society and whatnot yeah. that we're in, right? Yeah. So you know, you know, ABC Corporation comes down and says, "Hey, I've got this director position open." Here's my requirements, you know, yeah. master's degree and blah, 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 all that required. So, like, you know, even though you may be self-taught and you may have, the, you know, the educational background to perform the duties of that job, yeah. if it's not official on this piece of paper, right. then, like, you know, you're not qualified according to this corporation. That sucks. Right, yeah, and that sucks, that right? That sucks, yeah. But then I think that that's that's just that, that you know, that constant cycle that, like, yeah. hey, you know, you've got to have these, you know, uh, certifications or, right. or, or, you know, uh, 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 credentials or whatever. Right. And 
it's, it's hard for people to see it around any other way than you know yeah. to kind to kind of get to be successful in life, right? Exactly. You know, so it's just like yeah, I, I got to go to school because that's what people require. Yeah, know? and that's why a lot of entrepreneurs are are mm -hmm. frowned upon because they didn't learn things like you know the classical. The classical, way. exactly. And and I think that that's something that has to change, especially in our community. I think it's something that has to change because again, I don't want to I don't want to discourage you <laughs> from going to school, but certainly have a plan on. How to finance it because the financial the financial burden of a college degree sometimes outweighs the, the benefits. Like unless you're about to be a doctor, some kind <laughs> so, of surgeon, yeah, engineer, surgeon, yeah, surgeon, engineer, scientist. Then you know? I think that there's different ways to go about it. You don't have to go to the four year college. You can go to the two year uh, college. Figure out some ways to, or even when you find employment that pays that pays your tuition. Mm -hmm. I think those are options too. I think when we were leaving at first, I, I did. I frowned upon uh, what you call it, community college. It's like you going to community college. It's like it's like you failed. You know what I'm saying? Not knowing now though that you can get two years of college for free, get your associate's oh, yeah. degree for mm -hmm. free. I'm with the shits. Yeah, like yeah. I, I'm gonna go to community college and then I'm gonna work that out and then maybe uh, in the meantime put some money together or uh, try to get some scholarships to go to a four year college or go find me a job that's gonna pay me to go to school. You know, right. like something like you gotta. Because the system, the system is using you. I mean, let's just be honest about it. I, I know a lot of people don't like to talk about this way about the educational system, but it's the truth. I mean, at the end of the day, they it's a for-profit organization. Like they they are they making money. Oh well, yeah, they, they just had that, here. They had that uh, news with Sally May or Navion, whatever it's called. Navion, yeah, Navion. They they calling me every day. Quit calling me. Yeah, they flew a, a bunch of their employees out to Hawaii or something like yeah. that because they broke some sales record. Yeah, you know. They making money. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a corporation. A, yeah. it's, a, it's a corporation. So at the end of the day, man, they getting something out of it, so you need to get something out of it too. <clears throat> and I feel like you got to get something out of it more than just the education. You got to get out of it. I, I think I think the way you know you beat the system is when you get the education and, and you don't owe them nothing. Mm -hmm. That's when you know you won. That's the only way I see that you won. Like you get a degree and a, and a zero dollar balance. <laughs> that's what you know you want. Yeah, and, that, and that's why I think that that plan really comes into play, right? You know, I mean, there, there's things, I think it's called the MESP, Michigan Educational something something, you know, it's a 529 plan where you can put some money away, you know, when you're, when whoever, you know, if you're thinking about having kids and going to school, you know. Right. I don't know all the specifics in it, you know, that's what Google's for, I guess. But, <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, I went to the military, and you know they paid for me to get my graduate degrees, whatnot, right? right? And at the time, that was cool, you know. And whether or not I would recommend for someone to go to the military or not, you know, that's on you, you know, whatever, whatever decision you want to make, right? I mean, there, if, if you can't see any other way to pay for school, I mean, there's other options out there too. You know, I have a friend of mine that went to the Peace Corps. Peace okay. Corps paid for his tuition and whatnot, right? Oh, damn. Yeah, cool. uh, I think it's a, it's a program through the state and federal called City or something like that, okay. where you do community service and depending on how many hours and the yeah. effect you have, you know, part of that comes back to pay for yourself. Okay. Your tuition. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of ways out there. We got to start researching how to pay for school. Yeah. And then, like I said, a lot of these community colleges now. If you're a resident of that county or whatever it is, yeah, a lot of that is severely discounted or, or free. Definitely. You know, Wayne State can't get money with that news today or yeah. yesterday, whatever it was about any city, of Detroit. You know, yeah. so residents. You know, so just, just just be creative about if you really want to go to school, have a plan, and then on top of that, you know. Keep looking for extra money, you know, the creative way that you <laughs> right. can make it happen. Always got to you know? do that for Because it's nice to get a refund check, you know, without having to take out a loan, you know. Yeah, do something with that refund yeah, check. Yeah, yeah, don't just, don't <laughs> do what we did with it, let's just say that, right? Yeah, so, like those, uh, like the refund checks, like we just mentioned that, 
about refund checks, and it's something that uh, me and Bo and a few other people had talked about not too long ago. I was just thinking, uh, what if we had used those uh, refund checks to like do investments, like during that time? Now I blew my I blew my <laughs> refund checks on some uh, yeah, <laughs> on some stuff I don't bullshit. even remember. Yeah, yeah, basically some bullshit. I tried to call it something else, but that's what it is. Mm. Um, but what if we'd have used, like, maybe even, let's say, 80% of those uh, refund checks. Or half. Yeah, or even half, half yeah. yeah. And just in, made some kind of investment through those whole four or, you know, five, six, or seven years, however long it takes you. Because <laughs> it took me a long time to get out of school. But Everybody has a different program. <laughs> right, everybody got a different plan. But, yeah, if you'd have used a percentage of that, uh, of that refund check and made some investments, I feel like this, at least, even if you didn't break the bank at the end of the joint, like, I feel like you would have at least made enough dividends to pay them loans back. Like, at least if you was able to do that, then it's a win-win. Again, you get back to that situation where you got a degree out of it and you leave with a zero-dollar balance, you defeat the system. So, uh, this is something I wish I had yeah. known or even thought about. That financial literacy we talk about, right? You know, That's what it is. And you got to teach that patience, too, because I, yeah, yeah, I think a lot of times, you know, again, we, we live in an age of instant gratification, right? For sure. So, like... If you invest in something, you know, nine times of the ten, most of the time, unless you just get lucky, you know, on a stock or yeah. a mutual fund or whatever it is. It's not coming right back. Like, it's not coming right back to you, right? And, like, most of the time, it's not going to double what you put into it, too. Like, if you, like you know, for <laughs> right. some of the stuff I have nowadays, if I get, like, 8% return, I'm happy. You know yeah, what I mean? For sure. So, like, you know, teaching, you know, that, you know, realistic expectations, you know, yeah. along with that money, I think, right. too, is a big part of it. Yeah, so just thinking about that return of investment, man, like the, the whole school thing, um, I, I think you really just got to, you got to focus on on the, the other side of it. I think that you can't be so excited about, like for me, I was excited about the fact of being like one of the first few to actually yeah. be able to go. And I think that's a, that's a motivating factor, but at the same time, like you don't want that to be your only motivation because it is, it does, it, it's, it turns into debt. I mean, that's just what it is. It turns into debt and you got to be able to, um, you got to be able to to make it make sense, right. I, I guess, and, and that just means getting the paper out of it, which means getting your degree, but also not walking away with some treacherous debt that's gonna have that degree like not being worth it. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's kind of thing, and, and I think that's what's exciting about what's going on in Detroit. Uh, Wayne State University is actually giving away uh, free tuition to uh, Detroit residents uh, who graduate from uh, Detroit. Public schools and private schools. Private right? schools, private schools, and charter schools, yeah. yeah they so have to be Detroit residents. So. Okay. Damn, charter schools too? Mm -hmm. Charter oh, schools too, yep. Okay, now that'll work. And now, a, a situation like that, obviously, I know the, the criteria <clears throat> is just that, but it, it may be an abundance of people, so that at the end of the day, it may be some kind of, uh, maybe some kind of different determination, just like it is with any other uh, grants or, uh, or awards when you're trying to go to school. But I think that's a perfect opportunity right there. Uh, to take advantage of, especially when you're from the city of Detroit, like I said, um, you're talking about uh, a city that's the unemployment rate has gotten so high that I think that now it's only on a decline because people are not reporting no more. It's not because they work and they just well, not telling. You had nowhere else to go but down, I guess. You know, just like man. <laughs> right. So <laughs> salute. Got to be getting jobs somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. Hey, so salute to Wayne State okay. for that gesture, man. I think that's definitely gonna be. Uh, that's major. Yeah. yeah, that's major. It's gonna be a look in the in the right direction. Something like that, definitely, I say take advantage of it. Right. If you can get that education for free, there's no way you should turn it down. Uh, it's only when you have to pay for it. Uh, I'm not saying turn it down then, but just be strategic in how you're going to finance it because that's that's a serious line of credit. That's a serious yeah, line of definitely. credit. Yeah, most definitely. And, and it's, about, you. it's about your motivations too, right? You know, because 
I've got some benefits left over from you know the military and whatnot, you know, and I think it'd be pretty cool, you know. Yeah, I like research and I like reading and all that good stuff, but I think it'd be pretty cool one day to be called Doctor Emery, you know, right. go get a PhD. <laughs> right. You know, but I looked into it financially and I'm like, man, the benefits I have won't cover everything, so I'll right. be on the hook for X, Y, and Z, right? Yeah. So, so right you know, now, right. So right now, I'm like, I'm putting <laughs> it on hold until I can be creative that. about how you know I want to pay for it, right? Exactly. You know, but yeah, so I think a lot of it comes down to your motivations too, right? You know, yeah, so sure. if you know that's what you want to do and that's cool, yeah. just you know, just just. How am I gonna make this happen financially? Exactly. And if, if that's not a worry for you, then hey, by all means, man, go for it. You know, because <laughs> right, not everybody in that situation. So make it happen if that's not a worry for you. For sure, man. So just to just to kind of uh, round it out, man, just go ahead and uh, round this episode out. Um, I, I did just want to say that uh, education, I think, is definitely important for the black community. Um, not necessarily always in the form of institutional education. I think you need to always be learning, whether that be from a personal experience, because that means you may be actually immersed in the business rather than learning about business in the classroom. Like to me, uh, those learning skills are, are still the same. So um, you just need to have some some everyday learning. Like you just got to know that every day that you wake up, there's something new that you can learn. And I think that's important. Uh, paying for an institutional uh, education. I'm not going to always be the like the forerunner saying like you should do it, even though, like I said, I, I feel like I can say that because I went through it. Like I actually have a degree. I came from a, a situation like, I mean, I'm from 48205. Like we're from the inner city of Detroit where a lot of people, not only did you, were you not expected to go to college, you weren't even expected to live. <laughs> so like I understand all those circumstances. That's yes, real for a lot of people. Yeah, that's, that's real, real for a lot of people. And I, I let I, I lived through that situation, and I, I went to school, and I got a degree. And honestly, I definitely, certainly was not the, the best student, maybe been the worst student to ever uh, graduate college. But um, still, even with that being <laughs> <Ever>. said, <laughs> ever, even with that being said, the only thing that I would change was the way I financed the project. Um, outside of that, I mean, it's just like looking at any other business, though. I think when you get through a business and you see it start trending down a, a certain way, and then you start looking back at the beginning, like, I wish I'd have invested this, that, or the third. Um, that's kind of the same thing it is with, with school. And I think the proper investment, uh, that's that's financial and, and uh, others. Like, it's not always financial. The investment comes in time and, and stuff, you know, time and studying and effort and that kind of thing, too. So all of that goes into play. So I'm just saying... When you make that decision to go to college, it has to be an inclusive decision. It can't just be because, like, everybody else going or because I feel like I'm the first one in the family that need to go. Like, you really need to plan it out. And, unfortunately, uh generation before us, uh, especially in my case, uh, they, they, they didn't have this experience. So nobody could tell me what you need to do. Now we're the tourist bears. We're the ones who went to school. We're the ones who got in debt. And now we gotta we got to kind of give you the warning to let you know what's going on. Well, Steph, uh... I guess what I'd like to add to that, man, is uh, so education, you know, that can happen every day, right? True. And there's so many other resources out there for those people that just like to learn or just want to learn something, you know. A lot of these public universities offer free access to, like, their database system, I mean, the library database system, if you're, like, a resident of that county or town or whatever. Right. So that's something to look into. Hmm. Uh, there's websites out there like Khan Academy that, that'll teach you just, like, Damn. Everything from geometry to like how to install like you know like an air conditioner or whatever right you know um so you know th 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 that information if you need a certain set of information and let's say you're in a situation where 
you can't afford to get it or whatever your situation may be, it's out there. You know, right. you just got to kind of look for it. It's out there somewhere. And then just, you know, flip it to kind of make it work for you. Oh um, man! Yeah, so just be be creative with everything, folks. I mean, yeah, definitely. Be you know, yeah, don't don't let money and all that stuff you know dissuade you. You know, it, you may not be in a situation to, to do everything you want to do right away or within your time frame, but be flexible. Just be creative with that. You know. Sure. Man, on that on that note, I guess is a, that's a good good way to say oh, way up out of here. Oh, <laughs> right. We go ahead and on that because that was a great point, and I, I certainly agree. Go ahead and pour you another shot. Go ahead, we go, go ahead. Go we go ahead. toast on our way out of here. Roses. For sure. And again, good starter bourbon for you folks out there. You know what I mean? Go yep. Check it out. Good starter check bourbon. Uh, especially if you feel like the bourbons or whiskeys may be too harsh for you. Mm -hmm. uh, this one does have a, a, a sweeter taste to it, so I think this is a good uh, a good novice way to jump into it because it's not too strong. Uh, it has a delicious taste, uh, if, if you ask me. Delicious. Uh, <laughs> delicious. Uh, and, and plus, like I said, if you're not really used to the bourbons or whiskeys, I think this is a good segue uh, because it's not too strong. That little sweetness will uh, allow you to actually enjoy yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so, again, I want to thank everybody who checked us out today uh, for another episode of Beards, Bourbons, and Whiskeys. And uh, as I always say, man, everybody loves BBW. <laughs> Beards, Bourbon, and Whiskey. <laughs> for sure, man. Till next time, man. Salud. <laughs>Thank you for listening to this episode. If you or your company are looking to jump into the podcast world, now is the time. The Plug Agency is here to connect you to the full power of podcasting. You just record and leave the rest to us. The people are listening and want to hear from you. Theplug-agency.com. That's theplug-agency.com. Click the link in the episode description for an exclusive offer. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.